This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Everybody, how are you guys doing this Friday the 13th? I hope everybody is well. I have with me today three more guests. Mr. Mark Lee. Hello. His beautiful wife, Rachel Lee. Hello. And Miss Laura Meacham. Hello. And we are your uh, hosts for the evening. This is uh, episode uh, five of my um, podcast, and I just thank you all for listening, and I thank you all for being my guest on tonight. I hope you guys have a great time talking about Friday the 13th for the final uh, chapter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it was just such a, a, a great movie, a, a fun movie. Um, yeah, you can't really say uh, too many too many bad things about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 it was um, made in 1984. You guys, I- I'm not sure if you guys knew that or remember that, but it was made in 1984. I was four years old, so of course I didn't see it when it first came out. But I saw it like years later. I think I was maybe like. 10 or something when when I first um, got a chance to uh, see it. But um, uh, but of course, I was like way uh, earlier than, it was way earlier than 10 that I got into scary movies. Uh, at what age did you guys get into scary movies? I was five years old. Wow, I, I I was even younger than that. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was um, much much later in life, uh, probably a good uh, late teenager, you know, young adult, probably because my greatest influence was, of course, my husband. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, oh, I'm with you. I, I'm with you on that, Rachel, because you know my fiance. He's into comic book movies, and so, <laughs> and so you know, of course, I'm into comic book movies now. Yep, we adapt, don't we? Yep, <laughs> we adapt for our men. Well, Miss Laura, how old were you? I well, before I got into movies, um, I remember as a child seeing. The movie Curtains. I don't know if y'all remember that movie. I, I've heard of that movie. I've never seen that one, but I've heard of it. I was, 
I was uh, probably seven or eight years old, and I was at a babysitter's house, and that was the first time I ever saw something that literally traumatized me, I believe. And mm. I didn't watch scary movies for a long time afterwards, but that uh, that movie has stuck in my mind since that was probably 1983 or 4. Wow. Um, I think that was the year. Anyway, I was about, yeah, I would say eight years old, nine years old. Uh, but anyway, it wasn't until my early 20s that I actually went back and revisited all the classics uh from start to finish, I'd seen them, you know, bits and pieces, but uh, I was I was a late bloomer when it came to horror movies. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> right, I was gonna say Rachel's right there with you. <laughs> yeah, right there. Well, I mean, I it wasn't that I didn't like horror movies or anything. I lived a very sheltered life. Uh, oh. We were Catholic mm-hmm. and like for real, like cradle Catholic. And so there was a lot of things that we were not allowed to do. We were not allowed to be exposed to. It was all bad, of course. Right. But even with that, I grew up with a lot of, uh, I guess, like supernatural things that had happened to us because we were very spiritual people. Right. You know, um, you know, so I did experience, you know, bad as well as miracles. You know, so I, I have always had a very serious bend in, um, you know, the paranormal Right, right. I'm really, you know, I'm I'm really interested in that kind of stuff because it it kind of blows my mind. You know that you know we are physical beings, but we're also spiritual beings. Right. How, how in depth that all makes it. So you know, I wasn't. I may be kind of like riding on the current the you know the skirt tail you know of uh, my husband, but you know I've always kind of been more open. Right, right. I understand that completely. I understand that completely. Very much, completely. Well, how old were you guys when you uh, saw Friday the 13th floor for the first time? <laughs> well, I was uh, I was seven. Oh, m- might I add that I was also uh, made in 1984? Yes, you Oh! He's a baby. And get this. I, I was born Friday, January 6th. And we went home exactly one week later on Friday the 13th, Friday, January 14th. Oh, wow. Now that is something. And, and I, I, I'm a twin, and they and I was hiding behind my brother, and they found me, you know, in the sonogram on October 31st. So <laughs> there's a little rhyme and reason as to why I'm the way I am. Right. <laughs> and I think I'm left-handed, too. <laughs> I got this. I got the car stacked against me. He's had a lot of time to think about that. All right. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm left-handed too, so. Hey. All hey, oh, these, uh, my fiance is left-handed. Hey, look at both. All these left-handed I, people. <laughs> I barely escaped the era where they forced you to use your right hand. Oh, yeah. My brother was in that. He's ambidextrous now. And my sister also uh, was left-handed but they made her use her right hand so we each do everything backwards uh, oh wow so crazy well see i think that has a lot to do with, with people don't understand something they try to yes you in normal mm-hmm. well i was born in 73 so i'm i'm older than y'all oh yeah you're probably the part two you're when the text change i'm asking what's going yeah right <laughs> and the exorcist <laughs> 
Well, I was born in 1980, and the original Friday the 13th was made in 1980. There it is. Look at that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We make full circle, don't we? Yep. (laughs) Well, guys, who was your favorite character in Friday the 13th, the final chapter? Eric Anderson, hands down, played Rob. Oh, yeah. Rob was a good character. Yes. He he was was a good character. Uh, well, uh, Rachel, who is your um, favorite character? I'm kind of a weirdo uh, because I watched these things whenever I was much older and I had, you know, a, a good idea of life and who I was and the way things are supposed to be. I like Jason. Right. <laughs> you know, the whole movie, if you think about it, is his way, like running away from, you know, his home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Home. And he's making his way through the woods, basically. So that's kind of a continuing his story. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think out of all the movies, I think this one um, had him making more independent choices of his own. Yes, yeah, some people might say that it's senseless killing. But I think he just had a, I think he had a little bit more of a, you know, of an objective. He did, actually. I think he wanted to be left alone. <laughs> he wanted all those kids to go away. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm a dog lover, so is it is it okay if I go ahead and say Gordon? No, I totally <laughs> Oh yeah, I was in love with the dog too. As a matter of fact, I think the dog, I think the dog lives. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think he just said, you know what, the heck with this. I'm going out this window and y'all y'all humans are by yourselves. We can clearly tell he was not pushed. Right. <laughs> he said, I am out of here. <laughs> he was on a mission, I think. He he really tried to, you know, protect everyone, but I think the Right. <laughs> but he said, y'all on your own. I tried. I failed. I can't do it. <laughs> well, you well, know I'm what? Give, I'll give credit to, you know, Corey Feldman. I, we'll go with humans on that. Um, just because being a child playing, uh, well, she had a lot of versatile roles during, during that era anyway, but I, I give him a lot of credit uh, for being that age and handling the scene that he handled, especially at the end, but um, he's a pro, right? Oh, yeah. Born a pro. Yes. I mean, you got to wonder, does that father kids, but, I mean, you have to have a maturity level that's pretty uh, solid, I think, to handle any kind of gore and that type of uh, stuff in a, in a movie. But um, Yeah, you're right about that, Miss Laura. I think he did really good. So uh, for humans, uh, for the human side, I'll go ahead and pick Corey. <laughs> oh yeah, Corey did, and he. I mean, he went on to do bigger and better things. Oh, exactly. And exactly. you know, I don't know if it was exactly because of this movie or not, but because I think um, Gremlins was this same year, was it not? I think I think he did Gremlins in '84. And then, and then uh, he really, I, I think what really started him was uh, Goonies uh, the very next year. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. You are right about that, um, Mark. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this movie and the Goonies is what set him on fire, I think. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, well, my favorite characters in the movie, I actually had two. Uh, I, I actually loved um, um, the relationship uh, between Sam and Sarah. Um, they're the two girls, you know, who is with the um, the guys, you know. I just oh, love yeah. their relationship. Um, I, I saw the friendship, you know, between them and how there was no judgment. You know, how like Sarah had told Sam, she was like, well, I don't know how you have sex. You know, I don't know how you do that. And I don't know how, you know, I've never had a reputation, you know. But but yeah, Sam didn't take it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Hey, players, folks, man! Oh no, no, no! That, that, that's what she said. Yeah, that's what, that's what she said. No, no, that no! That is the line oh, in the movie. I was running the movie. <laughs> you know. Okay, maybe I should have specified that. <laughs> Samantha said, I've had my reputation since sixth grade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Character in Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Ted. Yes. Ted. Oh my gosh! Yes. I thought I was the only one. No, I would have to say Ted. Yes, I thought I was the only one that did not like that guy. Computer. <laughs> now, uh, I have to now, say, Axel too. I didn't care for him at all. He he was anybody oh who could gosh. eat a sandwich like that. Oh, <laughs> oh did, uh, did you guys know that the guy who played Axel was also on Police Academy? I did. He was the boss. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, he he does not even look. Like that that guy. No, and did you know that the the woman doing the exercises on the TV? Uh huh. Is also the one who got killed in Part Six. Yes, I had um I forget where I heard it from, but yes, I did. Um, I think I read an article, and yes, uh, yep, I knew about that. Uh huh. Yes, I did. That's that's a new one to me. I didn't know that. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. 
Now, I must say, I do have a, a second character that I did not like in the movie. Although he, although he's cute and everything, but I wanted to slap him because <laughs> and I'm talking about the guy who plays Doug. Oh, I like Doug. Well, well, you, well, you know what? Doug was, he was nice. But, however, I did not like that he wouldn't let Sarah go to Sam when, you know, when Paul was flirting with that twin, with that hussy twin. And and then. Yeah, well, that's like you know what that that's true, but but see, Doug wouldn't let Sam go out go after uh no uh I, I'm sorry, Doug wouldn't let Sarah go after Sam. He was like, well, you know, let's mind our own business. You know, I wanted to slug yeah. that guy like that's but my friend. Phones, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> For a little while, anyway. Uh, right. Because <laughs> I'm like this. I'm like, you know, it, it, my girl is hurt. I'm about to go to my girl, see what I can do. Does, does, does she want me to beat this girl's butt for, you know? <laughs> and, uh, okay, the next question I have. In your opinion, which kill was the best? Probably, uh, I'd have to say Jimmy. Yeah. J- Jimmy, as far as the kills go, as far as uh, dramatics go, I would say Rob. Uh, yeah. Rob, Rob is, is... Oh, gosh, he's killing me. He's killing me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was unintentional. This was the best, but for... Uh, uh, blood and brutality, I would have to say Jimmy. Can we all just give it up to Tom Savini for doing this? Yes. Yeah. Tom Savini did do a good job. He did an excellent job. Uh, I don't know if this is one of your questions, but did uh, in reading something on um, this earlier, Tom Savini is actually the one that was in the scene as Jason and the Hitchhiker. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. And I'm assuming because of the way the uh, special effects were, that he would be the one that took control of that so no one got hurt as far as the way she was killed. Oh, yeah. But yes, he was uncredited as Jason in that particular scene. Wow. I mean, that's what really surprised me. What really surprises me is that he didn't even uh, take the role as Jason himself because he could have. Yes. Well, true. The guy that, what was the guy's name that actually was Jason? Uh, Ted White. A 40-year veteran. Mm-hmm. His double, what was he, Don Lane and Clark Gable's doubles. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I did know that he was a stunt man, but I didn't know that he did that. Wow. Yep. And, they have the real and he also doesn't like horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like Lenny Feldman either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, that, that scene where he comes breaking through the window and grabs uh, Corey Feldman. And he 
Uh, yeah, I, I I read that that wasn't uh, scripted. <laughs> yes, he, he, uh, Corey Feldman was being a uh, bratty. <laughs> I think it had a lot to do with everybody uh, butting heads with uh, uh, Joseph Zito. Oh. And uh, but when Chad White was supposed to jump through that through the window, he didn't. He purposely didn't do it on his cue. Oh. So when he jumped in and grabs Corey Feldman, that's actually a real screen. Yeah, like he was genuinely genuinely scared. Yeah, it was all scripted. He was supposed to do it, but he waited so long. On purpose. On purpose to work (laughs) for himself. Maybe there was something wrong and it wasn't going to happen. And then at the last possible minute that he grabs him and that that scream and that reaction of him being a child, that was all for real. Oh, my gosh. But that was an epic moment, though. <laughs> that was an epic moment because that was the scary moment right there. Yes, it was. And, and uh, now with Rob's death, and um, Mark, I I agree with you that that was you know that was a good death for him. But uh, and as much as I love Tr- Trish, I wanted to slap her because I'm like, okay, he's telling you he's killing me, he's killing me, and your response to that is to just run back down the stairs. And you're holding the machete. <laughs> you stood there holding the machete while watching him get killed and did nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I never understood why she ran up the side of the road. She didn't have that much of a connection to him. That, she right. been in her body and been alive for her life. <laughs> <laughs> I would have jumped down there and saved him. I like yeah, him. you would have. Well, well, yeah. You know, you're a man. You could do that. <laughs> Well, and why did she, you know, hitting with Jason's hand coming up through the staircase, why did she never hit it? That's what I never understood. She whacked at it, like, how many times? Oh, yeah, yeah, but she kept missing. (laughs) Well, okay, which leads me to another good question. In your opinion, which kill wasn't so good? What? Honestly, I would have to say when uh, the the twin gets pulled out and the window lands on the car. Yep. Oh. I, I I kid you not, Mark, I have that written down in my notes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I just, well, they were just you know, the way the movie was going, I was just expecting more. So much more. And that well, was- her and her twin sister. I didn't like that one either. I didn't like how we couldn't really see. I mean, we saw it through, you know, shadows and stuff, but we couldn't really see it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I agree on that, too. They they really caught out on both the twins. (laughs) By the way, they're the double-met twins. They sure are. Yeah. Yes, I knew I'd seen them and something else. Camilla Moore. Camilla Moore, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, what I and the dent was already on top of the car. I guess after they had shot the, you know, however many times they did the takes on that. That's what yeah. I always noticed things like that. But when he when they shoot or show the top of the car before she even falls out on it, like she's already oh okay, the car's already dented. Well, no, but it was out. <laughs> it's just funny how those things you know stand out. When they really shouldn't, but they do to me. So. Oh, I, I, I noticed things like that too. Yeah, that was, it was that was an uneventful 
heel, in my opinion. There was no, you know, flair to it other than Curtis being yanked out of the window. It's like it was a necessary kill, but no effort. Yes. It was a cop out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But see, that's why I love discussing uh, scary movies because, you know, everybody has a different take on, you know, a certain kill or a certain character or even a, a certain scene. Like my, my next question is um, to you guys, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite scene? You know, what scene did you like find that you liked the most? Uh, yeah, because I, re- I really like the movie. It's hard to pick out just one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess if I had to choose, it would be, you know, it's not my, uh, not my favorite death scene. It would have to be Sam's death. Um, uh, as far as like the the scenery goes, it was, I mean, it was eerie. It really set the scene as to, and, and the and the raft out there all by itself. Yeah. I mean, you know you're getting set up for something, right? And you're just not really sure what that is yet. To me, I think that was probably the best scene out of the movie. No, it's very you're playing off of how they were making you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like playing off the yeah. I would yeah, have to go with that, that one. That isolation and alone, and then the there's something about the raft and the and the moon hitting, you know, you know, bouncing the off of it. Being perfect. Yeah, you kind of said everything. It, even even though you've seen the movie a million times, there's still something about that that scene that just kind of gives me the chills. Yeah. Well, Miss Laura, what 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 about you? I would I would agree with y'all on that one. Uh, just simply because the ones inside the house were so rapid, like one after. One after the other, you kind of knew where he was in the house or who was close and who he was chasing. But like you said, out in the raft, it's, you know, you're in the lake or he's in the lake and you have the raft there. You don't know, is it going to come around the side of it, in front of it? Is it going to swim, walk to it or what? Right. And it just pops up. And yeah, it's that you, know, you don't know factor. And like with Paul, you know, coming off the dock there and then there's Jason just out of nowhere. Yeah, that's actually my favorite scene. (laughs) That's actually my favorite scene. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it was my favorite part because I like that Paul finally came to his senses, even though Sam was already dead, but he didn't know that. You know, he he told the girl, like, you know, I can't do this. I'm going out. You know, I got to go. I have a girl, you know, so he goes out there and, you know, and it's kind of like how you guys said that, you know, that, you know, something's about to happen, but you just don't know when it's going to happen. Yes. Absolutely. What was your I really do like the iconic scene um, with the boy, with the uh, Jason grabbing um, Corey Feldman's character out the window. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a mom, and it registered to me that that was for real fear. Oh and yeah. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about it is to know that it really was fear, and that I think when people actually get scared and they really start believing in in uh, 
these movies, like if they can put themselves in that situation, you'll see it in a lot of other horror movies. Um, yeah. That really lose themselves in the character, in the plot line, in the story. It makes it so hard for you to be able to differentiate, um, you know, what's real, what's not real. Oh, absolutely. Like, you get in the movie, and that makes it more real for you. So I would have to say those that genuine stuff. You know, that genuine scream that was for real. Yes. Yes. And uh, my other question is, did you guys miss Crazy Ralph <laughs> in the movie? I miss, I miss Crazy Ralph myself. I, I thought that, you know, he, he actually made the movie in parts one and part two because, you know, he, he, he's trying to warn everybody, you know, do not go. To Camp Crystal Lake, it is cursed. Yes, they didn't listen to him. That was on them. But <laughs> I, I, lo- I loved Ralph. I, I, I you know, uh, I, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was kind of sad they killed him off a little bit too quick in part two. I thought he had a little bit more. Attention. I did too. I I yeah, think that he could have went on to be in part three, especially if he had lived, you know, um, uh, in real life. Because I do know that he was a little bit older. Uh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I, I, I missed him. He, he, well, he, he actually came back for part seven. Yeah, he did. He narrated, uh, the opening. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, it, if you really stop and think about it, though, uh, parts three and four uh-huh. are technically not Crystal Lake. You know, Ralph pretty much stayed around in that area anyway, so mm-hmm. as much You're as right. I... Missed him a part four. Uh, even if he didn't die, I, I don't think uh, he'd be traveling around. He'd yeah. pretty much stay in that area. Yep, you're right about that. And that's something I didn't even think about until just now that uh, part, part three and part four wasn't a part of the camp. Yes. All right. Now, here's the big question, guys. How does Friday the 13th, the final chapter, parallel to the Bible, if it does at all? Mark, I'll let you take this one first. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's basically, um, when, you go, when you go out and do things you're not supposed to, and you're out sinning, there's going to be consequences. And, well, and even though this isn't part four, um, I, 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 want, I want to go back to uh, Vera from part three. Okay. Where her mom was forbidding her to go. In fact, they're having, you know, a fight, you know, a good five, ten seconds. Oh, yeah. She leaves anyway, and and what happens? She ends up being the first one out of that group to die. Yep, she sure was. You're right. And I'm like, oh, if you would have just listened to your mom. Yep. (laughs) Okay? If you would have just listened to your mom. But, you know, and, you know, it it, it, it goes to show that you, everything you do is going to have consequences. Yes. Everything. 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 And, and, um, and, we, and when you're not listening to to God and what you need to be doing, chances are there probably wouldn't be a Friday Friday Thirteenth series because people wouldn't be going out doing things they weren't supposed to be doing to begin with. Right. You're right about that. You know, uh, 
And, and, and who survives these things? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. The final girl who doesn't even yeah. do have the stuff that the other people did. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and, you know, and, and as much as I like, you know, I, I, I feel for a lot of these characters, it, you know, it's if you're living a righteous life, you know, you probably wouldn't have the, the troubles or the end that, that you did. Oh, right. Exactly. Yep, I feel it. Uh, I feel uh, that same way because what I have written down in my notes is uh, because every time I uh, um, watched Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, and that was a lot. I watched it a lot this week, y'all. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and every time I watched it, I uh, the scripture came to me flee fornication. Now, I know that most of us, most of us don't, you know, flee fornication at all. But that was the what I got, you know, that's what kept coming up to me, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, because, you know, uh, they, I mean, it, it said in Scream, right? Uh, the rules are you can never have sex. You can never drink. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> so we go by the rules, you know, and then we go by the Bible. Leave fornication, and you live. <laughs> and, and, and you know, if you really stop and think about it, fornication is the is the reason behind the whole series. Fornication was the reason why Jason supposedly drowned. Yep, you're right about that. Fornication was was what you know because it was. Her, you know, Miss Bush is uh, son drowning, which was caused by fornication. That's the reason why she got killed. Or he, she started, you know, going on a killing spree. That's right. You know, and because of that killing spree, Jason got ticked off because now you killed my mom. Right. <laughs> you know. And sin begets sin begets sin, people. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, Miss Laura, the thirteenth has like you know it's like the biggest series of you know of the whole horror genre. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all because of fornication. Yep. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There it is. There we have it, y'all. <laughs> well, Miss Miss Laura, you weigh in too. What is your um opinions? I, I mean, I don't know how you can follow that I mean, <laughs> that kind of sums up you know everything i guess you know it just boils down to the the good versus evil aspect of yeah world. um the devil i guess you know evil and not that they were angelic kids they were innocent kids as far as not you know asking for trouble as far as you know harassing him or anything like that but right uh I mean, it's like y'all said, they were, you know, they were, if they hadn't been where they were doing the things, you know, that led up to that, then they probably would still be alive, but then we wouldn't have a movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, also, the, you know, the, uh, fear and all of that kind of plays as far as the Bible, you know, don't fear, if you have God on your side, you know, don't fear, whatever, but you can't help but fear in a situation Oh yeah! When you have it, you have this maniac coming after you. 
<laughs> right. So, you I can't mean, help but feel afraid. Like, you know. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it, as far as, you know, biblical way, it just the good versus evil is where I would get the comparison. Right. Yeah. Well, Rachel, how about you? I don't know if we got your opinion. Well, of course, obviously, my opinion is very much like my husband's. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But I will say, this, this movie, I think, they, they do a lot of horror movies. Of course, they they make them for a certain audience. Yeah. I think that Friday the 13th series was definitely geared towards teenagers. So they'd have a bunch of beautiful people mm-hmm. and complicated and, you know, problematic situations, morally, obviously. Mm-hmm. When, when uh, you know, when kids think nobody's looking, they do a lot of things they're not supposed to. I think right. They <laughs> do such things. But, you know, you know, I think uh, touching on what every one of you are saying is absolutely true. It is the whole good versus evil. It is the whole, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It is the whole, you know, you do something bad, you don't follow the law, you know, the rules. Right. That happened to you. That That's basically what it all is. But we have to think, too, that, you know, having kids, you know, like like Laura had said, that they were innocent kids. Yeah. They were just being kids. They were being teenagers, stupid, thoughtless teenagers. And then having these horrible things actually happen to them. It kind of makes it to where, you know, the, the, the audience that's watching it has that fear. Go back to the fear. Yeah. You know what's going to happen around every corner. It's the whole... Think back to the what is it, the urban legends like Hookman and things like that. You right. Know, things you're not supposed to do. There's basically there's always some you know something out in the dark that could get you. Right. You just got you, you got to be careful when you least expect it. It can happen. So you know I mean whether it actually parallels with the Bible really beyond uh, like for Bible sake, I think that it. You know, generally it does. You know, good versus evil. Gen- generally it does. But to say that it actually parallels with the Bible is probably making it, to me, would be pushing it too far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and I understand that uh, completely. Yeah. Well, That's and... My opinion. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love all these different opinions. And, okay, the last question that I have is, uh, and I think we kind of went over all all of this, but how do you guys think each actor did in their roles? Like, do you think that um, the cast was a good cast? And how do you think that they did? Um, I I really think that um, the only one that I think was um, maybe lackluster uh, is Ted, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I cared too much for the guy who actually played the character Ted in the first place. <laughs> Bias. I just, 
I just didn't. I don't know. And, and maybe that's why a lot of them didn't go on because Corey Feldman played his part so well. And so did Kimberly Beck, the one who played Trish. She played her um, part so well, too. And um, But all the other ones, I mean, uh, was very good as well, uh, except for the guy who plays Ted. So, uh, I mean, even uh, uh, Ted White, who played Jason, he was dead on as Jason. Um, my opinion is that him and Kane Hodder are actually the my two favorite Jasons because they embodied. Kane Hodder. Yeah, they embodied what Jason was. You know, he was this killing machine, and Ted White played it, played him to the T. And so did Kane Hodder years later. So that's my opinion. What What do you guys think? Well, I, I mean, as much as I don't like Ted, I, I you know, I probably have to say Paul was pretty much, uh, you know, expendable. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody did a great job. I mean, especially, uh, you know, with the stress that they're, you know, they were under, especially, you know, having a difficult director to work with. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's no, always no. bad. That is always bad. Judy Arson, uh, Ar- Arnson, <laughs> uh, actually developed hypothermia from being in the lake. Yes. Long. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, that, they had a lot going uh, against them and to make this movie. And I think they really did a good job. I, you know, I, I'm picking on Paul because to me, he's just a forgettable character. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, you know, Doug, you know, Jimmy, you know, Ted, as much as you don't want to, uh, <laughs> you know, all the, you know, all, you know, everybody else, including Mrs. Jarvis, who, uh, yeah. and them, who was that long, but there, there's just something about him. He's just sort of, unforgettable. You know, name brand off in the background, like, you know, honestly, I didn't miss him a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, uh, well, Sam sure would have. That's her boyfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I'd have to agree with you too on um, Ted White and uh, Kane Hodder. But it, 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 it's kind of a conflict with me because when you think Jason, you see Kane Hodder from Part Seven. Oh yeah, Kane Hodder had the, had the best look, especially in the New Blood. But Ted White actually played the best, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah. That makes so- total sense to me. Yeah. I uh, know what you're trying to say. Yeah, all, all in all, I think everybody did a pretty good job. Oh, Except yeah. Yeah. Except for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss Laura, what's your opinion? I, I agree. I mean, as far as the conditions that were working under... Uh, Especially as Mark mentioned with Judy and the um, the hypothermia that I mean, and actually Ted was a good advocate for all of them as far as the way they were treated because yeah, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that stood up for her and said mm-hmm. no, let her let her get warmed up, and you know she was out there 
to the point of tears. They, I didn't realize they had filmed it in dead winter, uh, even though it's supposed to be a summertime yeah. Yeah. atmosphere. But uh, there was, I think there was something else that he, oh, I guess it was uh, when on Peter Barton's scene where in the shower. Oh, he yes. Hurt. The, He'd been yeah. hurt before on a film before this one and had had several, you know, several surgeries or whatnot. But Ted stepped in and was, I think that he had something put behind his head on that. Scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but as far as the character goes, I'm, uh, Nurse Morgan was the worst for me. I couldn't, those two, the whole morphs, I couldn't deal with those, those two. Those two characters, I didn't, uh, I could have done without that, but uh, yeah. they weren't. They weren't really main characters as far as the, you know, uh, right. thing goes. But I, I would, you know, it's, I think y'all pretty much summed up everything. That the, I would, the conditions they were under, I, it, I'm surprised that all, it even made it through the editing as far as, you know, some of the oh, yeah. parts go that were bad. But uh, because of, you know, their uh, emotional status as far as them, just coming to work every day and getting through their scenes and doing the best that they could under those type circumstances. Um, it didn't show up as bad. I mean, I'm not saying the movie was horrible or trash or anything, but you know, I give them a little bit of leeway as far as that goes. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think everybody would be shocked because I'm sure not a lot of people know that um, the conditions uh, that they had to go through during this movie because right. because you know uh, i mean this movie is kind of like nightmare on elm street 3 because you know nightmare on elm street 3 was a fan favorite well part four of friday the 13th is a, a fan favorite a lot of people love love friday the 13th part four mm-hmm. absolutely yep and i think they uh, I, um, a lot of my listeners will probably be, <laughs> you know, shocked to know, to hear what we're saying. You know that that Ted White actually had to step in. You know, and you know because uh, as a matter of fact, it's one of my th- uh, my uh, fun facts that I wrote down is that um, Ted White threatened to quit. If Judy Arison wasn't allowed to exit the lake between takes. Yes, and, and, and because of the harsh conditions and the director, if you actually notice, uh, he said, don't credit me in this movie. And Ted White is not credited. Right. Oh, wow. I, I didn't not see. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, and too, I think I read also that he didn't think that it would be a good or was it going to be a, a hit or, you know, go anywhere either. And he didn't want to be if it failed or whatever he didn't want to be associated with that right but i mean you you know the other three that you know they were all successful films so i don't oh yeah I don't know all, all of them uh, i don't know how true that is that as far as him saying that about you know don't associate with me if, you know with this if it doesn't go anywhere but right uh, uh well another thing you say on the internet is for, you know and another fun fact that I have, I have is, um, well, we, and we probably all know this one. Um, uh, it marks the first of the 
Jarvis trilogy. You know, uh, four was when he was, you know, a child, you know, Corey Feldman. But then part five is when, you know, he, you know, he's in the mental home because, you know, the uh, events of part four kind of, you know, damaged his psyche a little bit. And then in part six, we see him a little bit older, you know. But did you guys know that he, that Tommy Jarvis was actually supposed to be the killer after part yeah, four? After, well, yes. And then I think they were trying to do that after part five. And... Then in part six, they, they just, I guess they just decided to go another way with it. Well, yeah, because um, that's what they have uh, intended to do. Uh, like you said, Mark, they had intended to uh, make Tommy be uh, be the one that's going to be killing people at the end of part five. But then um, a lot of people wanted Jason back. It was kind of like Halloween all over again because you know halloween 3 didn't have michael myers and then you know a lot of fans yeah. you know did not like that so then they brought them back for part four well it's kind of the same way oh i'm sorry oh no i i was just saying it's kind of the same way with jason because you know jason was not the killer in part five a lot of people did not like that so they brought them back in part six and tommy was just um, you know, the character that Jason was going to be against, you know. His adversary. Yes, yes. Yeah. But Corey Feldman always wanted to come back. The only reason why he didn't is because of the Goonies. But because yeah. he was um busy with the Goonies. But he but I think he always wanted to come back as Tommy and he always wanted Tommy to be the killer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny that you made that parallel because uh, this is actually something I, you know, I, I was going to say. Tommy Jarvis is Friday the 13th, you know, and Friday the 13th is equivalent to Jamie Lloyd in part, you know, on the Halloween. Yes. Yep. They, 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 they both have that trilogy within the series, and they're both, they're both of them are parts four, five, and six. Yep. <laughs> And at the end of part four, just like Tommy, Jamie was supposed to be the killer. Yep. She sure was. Even Danielle Harris even said that she wished that she was the killer. She wanted to be the killer. I I like like finding little parallels like that. You know, Friday 13, part five, you know, it's in the, you know, the rehabilitation, you know, Pinehurst, part five and Halloween. Is in you know Jamie's in the can't talk in the children's hospital. Yes, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of parallels you know that, that I like to make on that. Especially oh yeah, when, and they add like trilogies to the to the movie you know in, in a series. Yes, and, and you know, uh, and a lot of people don't like 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 my fiance. You know, he doesn't really like child actors and everything like that, but. I tell you what, Corey Feldman was a good child actor. He, uh, every role that he played in was very, very good. And he played the part very, very good. Um, Danielle Harris, another child actor that was very, very spot on in all of her roles. And uh, also um, uh, 
and me and my fiance um, touched on this when we did our episode Aliens on um, uh, the the little girl who plays Newt in Aliens. She did magnificent. If, if she would have went on, uh, you know, her career would have taken off. I, I really do believe that. So, uh, so uh, I, I just think uh, child actors um, in the horror, in the horror genre, I think they are a, 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 dime, or a dime of dozen. You they know? are. They really are. And yeah, and I, and I, I like I like uh, child actors, you know, in horror movies. I mean, it it it, re- it really makes you feel like it's, it's almost like you know, I don't know, uh, like a parent's worst nightmare to see. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, you <laughs> last week when I'm going to go see it, I screamed at the movie theater. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I screamed, guys. Yeah, I, but that's because, you know, I, that's the mother in me. Like like I said last week, you know, that's the mother in me. You know, I, you're, you're looking at this and you're like, oh, my gosh, my baby is going to be hurt. My baby is going to be hurt, you know. Exactly. And I, and I think that's what a lot of people, you know, seem to, they, they really don't seem to get the point. That is the point. You're supposed to feel like that. That's why they're making the movie this way. They want you to feel like this. They want right. it to hit home. Right. That's why they call it a scary movie. Exactly. Supposed to bring your fears to the surface. You're right about that. Oh, I have one more uh, fun fact to give you all. This one, this one is kind of funny. Uh, Bonnie Hellman, she, she, she played the hitchhiker. She uh, accepted the role against her agent's wishes. Her agent at the time did not think that this role would be any would do anything for her, but she took it anyway. And yeah. and even though you know, I, even though she played a a very bit part, you know. She did what she wanted to, to do. She probably she probably accepted that role because it would be be fun for her. That's what I think, anyway. And because, like I said, this is uh, in all of the Friday the Thirteenth, in my opinion, uh, they're fun films. Yeah, they're scary movies. Yeah, there's killing in them and everything like that. But they are fun movies. Yes, and and, and, and in most of them. Uh... You know, before it's over, you're actually rooting for the killer. Especially when you get our age. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this poor generation don't know what good movies are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're just ripping off ours. It's true. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, know. you, the older I get, y'all, the older I get, the more I do, uh, 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 I do, uh, uh, what what am I trying to say here? I I, I sympathize with the killer. The older I get, <laughs> yes, you start finding the, the the victim status in the actual killer. Yeah. <laughs> now some of them you can't. Some of them are just evil. You know. Uh, yeah. Jason's a victim, a victim in himself. Though, you know too. Yeah. Well, that's what Rachel was saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, he's just a victim acting out and, you know, what's happened to him. <laughs> you know, you he's not it, right? exactly doing it in the, in the best way, but, you know, it's just him acting out. And I think a lot of times people tend to forget that about the Friday the 13th movies. Yep. You're right about that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I do have one more fun fact that I wrote down. Uh, Ted White, uh, the guy who plays Jason, who we've been talking about, he was 58 years old during the shoot. Do you guys believe that? I think he's the oldest Jason to date. Well, you know, that is one thing I actually didn't know. I didn't know that. You stumped him. I know. Oh, my goodness. I stumped Mark. Yes. I I knew I knew something that Mark did not know. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I knew it was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he was fifty-eight years old, and he is the oldest guy to play Jason Voorhees. I'm sure he's uh he's, he's got to be the only. The oldest living guy in the whole series by now. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, because you know, uh, I was actually uh, trying to look up um, any deaths um, for this movie, and there are none. Uh, a lot the people who uh, um, played in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, they're all still alive. They are all still alive. Yes. Yep. They are. And I think that that is the only movie where everyone is still alive. I get, yes, it is. I, I really um, believe it is um, because, you know, now I didn't um, check for it last week because um, it too is really new, you know, and of course we know it, the whole cast is still alive. But but Aliens, uh, the week before that, um, when I did Aliens with me and my fiance, a lot of them have passed on, and oh, yeah. uh, and it, it it just boggled my mind when I was trying to uh, search for deaths for this movie, and I found none. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, that that I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's good, you know. I I'm I'm glad that they're all alive. I'm just kind of shocked. <laughs> I mean that was back in 1984. So <laughs> I know. And, and, and it was strange. Is a lot of them. If you actually look up what they look like now, they look a lot of them look like they haven't changed. Yeah. Which is You're actually right. really scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real scary you know, kind of part of the third. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Corey Feldman brought some of the blood from the Lost Boys over there. <laughs> <be crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> Fan theories. Oh, well, Laura, Laura, why don't you go first? Yes. Oh, I, I don't. I may have never considered it to be honest. As far as, well, you go ahead. 
Well, I know my fan theory is this. Um, Jason Voorhees' mother is still alive, and she's pulling the strings. I know it's I know it's a little bit out there because her head got chopped off. But <laughs> So that can be far fetched good. So, or, well, you know, anything can happen. One of the roles were reversed. You know, she she was claiming like she's gone all crazy, you know, in, in part one. You know, claiming that her well not really claiming, but you know, you could say that she's being led by her son. Uh, again? Maybe she started. She she started being the one to lead, you know, to lead inside her son. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not gonna say that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, That's my fan theory, anyway. <laughs> actually, a pretty good one. Rachel, what's yours? I think that he drowned. I think his mom took over, and he became a supernatural being brought brought forth with from her vengeance, and that is. Oh yeah. Him. Whole, the whole series. It's a manifestation yeah. of her. Yeah. In your face, what everybody else thinks. But I, I don't know. That's just fine. Yep. I, I actually agree with that, Rachel. I, I, I agree with that one. Now, Mark was telling me that he thought that. I'll tell you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Jason drowned. Uh-huh. You know. They always said that, you know, they, they, they couldn't find his body. You know, I know the lake's big, but, you know, you, you can drag a lake, you know, and, and find a body. They, they never oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and at the end of uh, part one, you know, when Jason comes up and grabs Alice, that that, that was a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. It actually makes sense that, you know, he, you know, he actually saw, you know, well, let me back up. In part two, he's actually a grown man. Yep. So I'm thinking, you know, he had a traumatic experience, you know, and I kind of lost his mind. You know, and it makes sense, too, because in part two, it looks like he's been living out there for a while in his uh, shack and, you know, and doing everything. And that's probably how he saw his mom get killed, because, you know, part two, yeah. she's taking place on the other side of the way. Okay. You know, hold on. You know, it, it would actually, you know. You know, to me, to me, that makes sense. And at the end of part two, also, you know, I know a lot of people have, you know, a problem with, uh, you know, the hair versus, you know, in part two versus bald in part three. Uh, that whole thing with Jenny was, was a dream, too. We still don't even know what happened to Paul. Yeah, that's true. Reality. You know, yeah. Jason was uh, bald the whole time. And if you notice, when he took uh, Harold's clothes out of part three, he was, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, still wearing his, you know, his hillbilly suit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just something, uh, so with me that, you know, and, and of course, after, you know, part three being hanged and everything, you know, a little axe to the head wasn't going to kill him. That's why I think in part four is actually when he truly died. You know what? Yep. You're right about yep. that. He never drowned. His mom went crazy. You know, probably didn't want to be around all that. <laughs> uh, 
you know, and, and then the, the tormenting of, the, you know, the other kids and everything at the camp, you know, he probably, I think he took off. Yep, went, went through a traumatic experience, and he just said, I'm out of here. Yeah. Okay, I, I, and, and, and Paul actually kind of hits on that when he's telling the campfire story in part two, you know, living off wild, you know, wild animals and vegetation. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, he's been out there the, 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 this uh, whole time. See, okay, this is why I don't buy that, because we all know what kind of mother Jason's mom was. We know. Oh, uh, yeah, she was overprotective. Do you think that she would have left one little bush on, you know, you know, she would have been beating the bushes for her baby. She would have been digging all over the place. You'd be surprised. She would not have lost him in the little woods be, surrounding the lake. You, I think that's, you'd that's be, malarkey. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. I don't think. <laughs> she's the mama. She would have found him. Yeah, and then she went nuts because he was gone and she couldn't find him. <laughs> and she couldn't. They never found his body. Yep. Because it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Legend has it that his mom thought his mother beheaded that night. Who says that in part two? What do you do? Stick his, his little zombie head up out of the water and watch? <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. This is a, this, no, no, no. This is a different story. This is a different I think his mom was probably, you know, teetering on the edge of insanity before. Because he did have her head set up to where, like, some kind of voodoo altar. Maybe he was supernatural and weird, and, you know, like like he wasn't of this human realm. You know what I mean? Was. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's just the point. All right. But then you guys do know um, that there is another theory, right? Um, uh, that his mother used the Book of the Dead from the Evil Dead series. Ah. I've actually heard that one. That actually, that actually would does. be better. I yep. think that was a good <laughs> I, It just came to me. I remember reading that. Mm-hmm. That's actually a pretty good theory. <laughs> I'm wanting to say I heard something about there's some in that sacrifice of bringing somebody else, you know, to life. There has to be a blood offering. Maybe, maybe I could for like really like theorizing out there, maybe it requires her own blood to be instilled to actually bring him to life. Now that would actually be a good theory. Mother's ultimate sacrifice. Oh, yep. oh hey, we'll do anything. Us mama bears to do anything for our babies. <laughs> I think we solved the, the, long, the long, you know, running mystery here. Yep. yep. <laughs> Hey, we could we could make our own Friday the Thirteenth movie, y'all. <laughs> I think we could. <laughs> we could write it and everything. <laughs> hey, they did that Never Hike Alone fan film that took off. Yeah, it did. As a matter of fact, I think I'm gonna watch it uh, tonight. I, I actually haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Uh, I have it either. That's why I'm gonna watch it tonight. yes oh which actually leads me to a little surprise for not only you guys but for my listeners out there you know how i i usually um post my uh my podcast the day after i record them well tonight because it's friday the 13th 
tonight, I, I am going to actually post my podcast tonight. So you guys will be listening in real time. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering about that. It's like, wait a minute. The coach did it on the 13th. that's really cool yep so we will you guys will be able to listen to it tonight (laughs) think of all the things we wish we would have said So did I. So did I. are hilarious. This has been one hilarious episode. <laughs> I loved it. And you guys are, oh, oh my gosh, you guys are without a doubt the most funniest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I do have a birthday shout out too. I have a birthday shout out that I want to get to. Uh, B Campbell, she's actually the sister of a friend um, of of mine who I actually known since um, elementary school. Oh, yes. Um, her name is B Campbell. She is thirty nine years old. Yesterday, her birthday was yesterday. So happy birthday, B Campbell! Happy birthday. Yes, and and actually, her sister uh, Jennifer, she's the one I went to school with. Her favorite movie is Friday the Thirteenth. So, <laughs> her favorite horror movie is the Friday the Thirteenth movies. So, I, I know she's going to love this podcast. So, but <laughs> well, that's it, guys. I don't have any more uh, questions. I have no more fun facts. Do you guys have any fun facts to share or or any other fun facts? Because, Mark, you know it all. So. <laughs> I, well, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything. So, uh, uh, no, there's, uh, there's a rumor going around. Uh, during, there was a man watching Kimberly Beck run around the lake. Oh, really? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and during the whole um, production, she would get phone calls, strange phone calls late at night. But the set, you know, as soon as uh, production was complete, it just stopped. Oh, wow. You know, and, and I don't know if any of this is true or not. I, it just kind of makes me wonder if that's the reason why she never wanted to come back. Yeah. Almost like Adrian King. Yes. You know, she had that real bad stalker. Yes. That's why her part in part two was completely limited. Right. People need to stop stalking people. They're, they're taking good people out of movies. Right. right. You know, <laughs> you know and, and that's, 
that's also real life horror that's going on on a, on a horror set, you know, and it's the things that people don't really uh, get a chance to discuss. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very oh, yeah. real true thing. Uh, and, you know. Because that would scare me. That would scare me away yeah. from acting. And that might be why we've never really seen Kimberly back. I, I haven't heard of her in anything else. I think I think she might have done one or two things afterwards, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't her career didn't her, her career didn't take off. It's just she had the potential to, and you know, I don't want to speculate too much. Uh, that you know, that's how people. Oh yeah, them. yeah. So I'll, I'll probably uh, you know, just leave it at that. But it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in the in the making of. Oh yeah, movies. most definitely. You know, and I think that we have to. Uh, stop and, and realize some of their, you know, their hardships and, and the things that they actually go through. Uh, to give us our entertainment. Basically, yeah. yeah. So we, we yeah. really, you know, outside of the movies, we really have to give it to the actual, you know, cast and crew that's there to make them as well. Yes. I agree. I agree. Well, guys, we have come to the end of my podcast. Um, like I said, you guys will be able to listen to us talk about Friday the 13th for in real time tonight. Oh, yeah. Yes, I can't wait to see everybody's opinions on this. Okay, I cannot wait. Because <laughs> this is actually <laughs> the funnest episode that I have done. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh my goodness no, the most funnest and the most funniest <laughs> I've never done a podcast before so this has actually been a really cool you've made it really fun you've made it yes. really relaxed and I appreciate it I thought I, I thought I was going to be nervous as all get out oh my I gosh yeah <laughs> you, you, you made it to where we could all be ourselves and you know and Sort of, good host, girl. Yeah, right. thank Very you. Good. Great. Very good. A lot, lot, lot of promotions going coming your way. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you guys so much. And you guys make it easy because you guys are just so sweet. And all three of you, you guys are just so sweet and so lovable. And uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to have you guys back on. That's for sure. (laughs) That is for sure. Well, guys, we are um, done for the night. This has been Latrice Carter and uh, Mark Lee, Rachel Lee, and Laura Meacham. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a great Friday the 13th, guys. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday. Watch your back. And don't have sex.